0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program, brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. They've helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log out to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood, it's who we are in Hoop City. Today's show will be a little different. No on-court activity to talk about in the basketball world. Kevin Durant hasn't been traded. Donovan Mitchell hasn't been traded. The rumors persist, but no movement on that front. We will talk about, sadly, the loss of not one, but two icons in the sports world, and also some sports media observations as well. We will get to that. And then we're going to talk soccer. Some of you may know that I'm one of the voices of Memphis 901FC, a very successful USL Championship club. For those of you who don't know, USL Championship, one level below MLS. Memphis 901FC, one of the best. Sides in the Eastern Conference of the USL Championship. They go into a Wednesday night meeting with Red Bulls 2 out of New York. Memphis 901 FC 12, 5, and 3. One of the players that has been with the club since its inception is Leston Paul. He will be our friend of the program and we'll chat with Leston Paul in a little bit. Get his observations on the arc of improvement of Memphis 901 FC. They're enjoying the best season of season of their young history. So we'll talk to Leston Paul. He's our friend of the program. That's coming up a little bit later on. But first, we have to talk about the loss of a couple of legends. One in the basketball world, and of course, that is Bill Russell. Bill Russell, I don't think there's any argument. The greatest winner in basketball history with the championships that he won with the Boston Celtics. What stands out most to me about Bill Russell is the grace and the dignity with which he played and how he conducted his life during and then after his basketball career. Remember the stories that have been told at the Earl Lloyd Sports Legacy Symposium as part of MLK Day celebrations with the Memphis Grizzlies. Boston Celtics of that vintage would tell everybody that in Bill Russell's day, team hotel decisions were based on whether or not hotels would accept black men staying there. There was tremendous amount of racism. There was a tremendous amount of prejudice. And even though Bill Russell was an amazing basketball player, Was a gentleman, comported himself with class and grace and dignity. He was still discriminated against. And yet in the midst of all that, he was able to be a winner. He was able to carry himself with a class and a dignity that is uncommon among anybody, let alone a world-famous athlete. There was an FBI file on Bill Russell that claimed he was simply an arrogant black man who refused to sign autographs for white children. Bill Russell did not sign autographs for anybody. That's just who Bill Russell was. And he wasn't doing it because he was trying to be arrogant. He was basically saying, I'm no better or worse than you are, the person who was asking for the autograph. I am simply a man who plays basketball. So why should you want my signature? It's kind of how he approached it. He had a different way of thinking on some things. But in his post-basketball life, he maintained that dignity, that character. I remember that he came to Memphis as part of the Grizzlies mentoring program. You would not have met a kinder or more gracious man. And sometimes there are professional athletes that after they get outside of their career, when they have finished their career, and they do these types of appearances, they do these types of involvements, uh, sometimes they get tired of it. And sometimes they can get a little prickly about it. Bill Russell had infinite patience, infinite grace, no matter how many people wanted to talk to him and shake his hand and tell him how much they admired him. The grace was always there. The class was always there. And I also admired the fact that he was so much about education. He was so much about inclusion. And Kenny Smith told the story because Kenny Smith was playing for the Kings and Bill Russell was the coach at that point in time. And Bill Russell was looking at a report on foreign-born players potentially coming to the NBA, which if, if you go back to when Kenny Smith was playing, foreign-born players coming to play in the United States, it was virtually unheard of. And Kenny Smith took a little bit of exception to the fact that Bill Russell was looking at maybe bringing in some foreign-born players to play for the Sacramento Kings. And Bill Russell looked at Kenny Smith and said, as a black man, you should understand that we need to be inclusive. And it was that type of thinking, that type of insight that separated Bill Russell from a lot of folks. People have talked about, would you change the NBA logo? Currently, it's Jerry West. Would you change it to a Bill Russell silhouette as the NBA logo? It's an intriguing idea. The idea that I like better is potentially, as baseball has done with Jackie Robinson's number 42, having all NBA teams retire number six. Interesting, and I think it, uh, it certainly merits some conversation because what Bill Russell brought to the game of basketball and what he brought to our society as a man who fought for social justice and civil rights I don't think it would be uh, too far off base to retire the number six across the NBA. We're also mourning today, as I woke up to the news on Wednesday morning, that Vin Scully, the longtime announcer for the Brooklyn and later Los Angeles Dodgers, has passed away. Never had the opportunity to meet Vin Scully. I know many people who have had the opportunity not only to meet Vin Scully, but to work work with Vin Scully. No one has a bad word to say about Mr. Scully. He never met a stranger. Whenever he met someone new, he always made them feel like they were the most important person in the room. Even though Vin Scully is a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest, if not the greatest, announcer of any sport in the history of radio and television. A wonderful man, a tremendous announcer, he understood the value of silence more than perhaps any broadcaster ever has, which is ironic given that he was the poet laureate of our profession. Magnificent with turning phrases, but equally adept at stepping out of the way and letting the visual take over the call. I remember the story that Vin Scully told when Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run off Al Dowling of the Los Angeles Dodgers in Atlanta. Scully called it. He said, then, I got up and I walked to the back of the booth because there was nothing more that I needed to say except to let the crowd and its cheering carry the audio. If you want to see a master class, in the use of silence, if you want to see a masterclass in how to build tension and excitement without screaming, go back and look at the Kirk Gibson home run off Dennis Eckersley in the World Series. You can can YouTube it. In fact, I've linked on my Twitter profile or on my Twitter feed that video. Everybody remembers the swing, the crack of the bat the ball going deep into the right field stands at Dodger Stadium, and Vin Scully saying, she's gone. But if you really want to understand the brilliance of Vin Scully, get the video of the entire at-bat, just the improbability of Kirk Gibson, who could barely walk, being called upon as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning at Dodger Stadium in Game 1 of the World Series to face one of the great reliever relievers uh, in the history of baseball. It is a remarkable, remarkable piece of video, and it tells the world just how good Vin Scully was as a baseball announcer. So we mourn not one, but two greats. It seems that we are losing a lot of greats whether it be actors or broadcasters or sports figures. And so, unfortunately, we have to move on without two of the classier people in the sports realm. If you want to hear one of the very best and perhaps the best tribute, certainly the best I've heard so far for Vin Scully, I would recommend that you listen to Keith Olbermann's new podcast, Countdown, And in today's show, which is episode three, if you're not already a subscriber, he talks about mustering up the courage to introduce himself to Vin Scully. Because back in the day, Keith Olbermann was a sportscaster in Los Angeles. He also talks about introducing other sportscasters to Vin Scully and has a wealth of Scully stories, some of which he unearthed in putting together an article for GQ on Vin Scully. We'll get to our friend of the program segment with Leston Paul of Memphis 901 FC. But first, we tell you that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where the action never ends, especially this summer. That action will not end. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in, you can throw down on all the major action: baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over/unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. What I'm most excited about: the FedEx Cup golf playoffs are about to start, and they're going to start in Memphis with the FedEx St. Jude Championship. So uh, that might be something that you want to uh, lay some money down on. We can tell you the best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Now, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana. Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. In Arizona, call 1 800 NEXT STEP. In Colorado or New Hampshire, 1 800 522 4700. In Connecticut, it's 888 789 7777. In Iowa, 1 800 BETS OFF. In Louisiana, 1 877 770 STOP. In New York, 1 877 8 HOPE NY, or you can also text HOPE NY. In Oregon, visit opgr.org. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. You must be 21 or older, 18 or older, in the state of Wyoming. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/slash sportsbook for details. And now, back to the program. As I said earlier, some of you may know that uh, I'm one of the voices for Memphis 901 FC Soccer. Enjoy the game of soccer. It's not my first sport, but I came to it a little bit later in life as the public address announcer for Notre Dame Men's and Women's Soccer. And uh have continued a love affair with the sport doing SEC and ACC college soccer and now uh, very happy to do it on a professional level. We were talking about both Vince Scully and Bill Russell and being class acts. When you talk about class acts, class people, certainly less than Paul, midfielder for 901 FC, leaps to mind. He came to Memphis from Trinidad. He was playing in the top league there, his club winning three titles and then he would uh, he also played soccer for the University of South Florida in Tampa and uh, he has been with Memphis 901 FC since the beginning since it was an expansion team and right now Memphis 901 FC they their ascension has uh, has been remarkable over the last couple of years manager Ben Pierman has done a remarkable job perennial candidate now for coach of the year Memphis 901 FC goes into a Wednesday night match, and I'm recording this on Wednesday morning just so you have some sense of how this is going. They're playing tonight against New York Red Bulls 2 in New Jersey. Memphis 901 FC right now at 12 wins, 5 losses, and 3 draws. They are among the leaders in the Eastern Conference. They are fourth in the table with 39 points. They're only one point behind the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, only six behind the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and seven behind Louisville City FC. Top seven teams in each conference make the playoffs. So Memphis 901 FC right now, they are sitting very, very pretty. They have had a remarkable season. They're among the league leaders in goals scored. They're one of the more efficient teams in the championship and Philip Goodrum is in the race for the Golden Boot as he has potted a total of 12 goals this season that has him among the league leaders. Playing in the midfield, Leston Paul doesn't grab all the headlines that maybe Philip Goodrum does as a goal scorer for 901 FC, but without a doubt, Leston Paul is one of the engines that makes Memphis 901 FC go. Since he's been here since day one, I wanted to get his perspective on where 901 FC was, where it is now, and where it might be headed in the future. Also wanted to get his take on what it is like from moving from Trinidad to the United States and playing professional soccer in Memphis and also life after football. He's our friend of the program. Here's Leston Paul than to this point, this has been the most successful season in 901 FC history. What has been the key this to this point to be this successful? Um
1: I would say all good things takes time, you know? Um I think it's a process and having Coach Ben at the at the forefront of the whole transition um has been has been one of the biggest one of the biggest parts of the the puzzle i would say for for us achieving um we have a great team we got a great group of guys credit to the the backroom staff coach ben uh caleb uh president unga um, tim everyone who who had their part to play in bringing this group of guys together um, we have a great team and because of that you can see that everyone is bought in and that's why we're getting the results right now
0: what is it about ben because really The emergence of this club started with the interim stint, made a late push for the playoffs, fell short last year, another late push. You make the postseason. Now you've spent part of the season at the top of the Eastern Conference table. What is it about Ben Pierman that has resonated resonated with you and your teammates to make this happen?
1: He has a clear picture of what he wants. I think um, sometimes when you play on certain teams and under different coaches, the idea and the picture isn't clear, so he doesn't overcomplicate things. He knows what he wants out of the players. He gets the right group of guys to buy into that um, that philosophy that he wants, and he's a good guy. He's a good guy. You know, he's a funny guy. He's enjoyable to to play for. So when you're enjoying what you're doing, you do it at your best. So I should say that that, that's number one. You know, the guys are comfortable. The guys
0: are enjoying playing for Coach Ben, and the results are showing. As you look at this club from the very beginning and day one, and you talked about it earlier, that it is a process, what have been the biggest leaps forward in that process because I know, for example, player player care and, and the amenities that are made available to you have increased from, from day one. But what are some of the things that you've seen from day one to now that have made this club where it is? Just, I would say, just everything um,
1: being, like, everything improved over the years, you know, from off the field stuff. um now we have a new gym with a gym partnership with Axel and whatnot and um, all these little things they play a a huge part in getting over the line you know um together with having a good group of guys I would always say a good group of guys on the field would make things things work um behind the scenes I think it's 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 table where now you 're starting to see that certain little things that we left out in the past the big difference it makes when we have it, so yeah, I would say the the finer details are there now compared to the the previous years
0: and you wear the captain's arm band, so tell me a little bit about and you're chuckling, so tell me a little bit about about your leadership style because it is such a good group of guys. is the leadership Centralized on you, or is it something that's that's shared throughout the team room? Um,
1: it's a it's it's a team. It's a team. It's a team effort. Um, I play my part when I have to, which is all the time. Um, but there there are leaders. There are the leaders in the in the dressing room, which is good. It makes it easier, you know. Um, yeah, I'm the captain, but I'm not the big bad wolf to be hopping on guys and whatnot. We're all grown men here, and we're all professionals and. Once we are working, you, you won't hear the
0: captain say anything. Except to the referee. Of course. I, I know that you have been very passionate. Now, take us down on the field. <laughs> do the referees ever listen? Do they admit that they might be wrong? Or, or how do they deal with you? Because we've seen you in impassioned uh, conversation with the referees, and sometimes they just don't seem to listen.
1: Yeah, at times they, they would listen, um, at times they don't, but we're all human, so I expect that, but that won't change the fact that I would keep going after the referees, you know, I want to win, I want the best for the team, and if I see something on the field that um, that's not right for, for my players, I would step in, and that's uh, that's every game, so...
0: Tell us a little bit for those of you who are for those of our listeners who are not familiar with your your journey mm-hmm. to this point in the United States playing in the USL Championship. Tell us a little bit about the origin story of of Less Than Paul and how you got here.
1: Well, I got here through the first GM that was Andrew Andrew Bell was his name. Him and Coach Tim Mulqueen, the first coach. And they came down to Trinidad to watch me play for a team called Central FC, who I played with back in Trinidad. The owner of that team, Brent Sancho, he was a international for Trinidad. Um, he played in England for a bit. He actually, I think he played in the MLS also for a bit. So he knew Andrew. And Andrew reached out to him, I guess, about a couple of players and whatnot. Um, and they made the trip down to Trinidad. And that was it from... From then, uh, we spoke. They they basically told me, "You know, it's a new club forming, and if I want to be part of it, I was like, of course, I want to be part of something new. I want to create history.' You know, and that's been the the journey from from then till now.
0: But you had played college soccer in Florida, in yeah. South South Florida. Yeah. What what was that transition like from Trinidad coming to South Florida and, and being in an American college?
1: It was something different from going up in the in the countryside of trinidad uh miaro to be exact miaro is where i'm 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 from from going up in the countryside to go to to tampa to tampa florida was something different thankfully the weather was similar (laughs) similar as back home so that had me a bit comfortable i had um some family members out there, also my aunt and my uncle, they lived in Florida and Tampa, so they made me feel at home but um it was it was it was a new transition for me um and it was something I handled well after the after graduating I went back home for a bit, played back in the league in Trinidad for a bit with a new team Central FC they were a new team when I joined um played there for a couple of years. Then I went to El Salvador, I played there for a year, and then
0: now I'm here in Memphis. What are are your impressions of Memphis? Now now that you've been here for for a significant period of time, you've been in Trinidad, you've been in Florida, you've now been in Memphis. Your thoughts about Memphis?
1: I like it, I like it. Um, It's my second home, I should say. It's my second home. Um, The weather it's nice (laughs) it's hot hot, so it's like it's back home it's like it's similar to back home so that's 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 a key factor in me kind of settling in and enjoying it you know um but really and truly it's it's chill you know and i don't i don't mind that because as i said i'm from countryside trinidad so it's not a fast-paced life like compared to the different cities like new york and atlanta and whatnot you know so i love memphis
0: as you were coming up and you were starting to play the sport, were there any players, coaches that you idolized or inspired you that this was something that you wanted to do as a profession?
1: Well, when I started playing organized football, I was 12 years old. You know, when I, when I say that, a lot of people is like they it raise eyebrows, you know, because I'm, I'm a late bloomer. So I started at age 12 under a coach called Wendell Perez, he uh, he was from he's from back home in my uh, my city Miro. Um and he just encouraged me to go on to do well. You know, that's who I started under. And then at the age of fourteen, I made my first national team, the Trinidad and Tobago on the fifteen national team. Then the head coach was Anton Cornille, um another guy who. Put a lot of trust, a lot of faith in me, and uh, maybe the captain. And um, we went on to qualify for the U17 World Cup. And then after that, I had a new coach called Zoran Varnish from Yugoslavia, but he um he coached in Trinidad for a bit. Same thing, put a lot of trust, a lot of faith. We went on to qualify for the U20 World Cup in 2009 in Egypt. And then I played under a couple coaches and then the national senior team set up. Um, and that's been, the, that's been the journey from then. So all the, the coaches that I've, I've named from U-team
0: coming up, I think they, they pushed me to, to where, am I, where I'm at today. You mentioned playing for the national team, and you have more than a dozen caps with your national team. What is that feeling like to put on the shirt of your nation and to compete in CONCACAF and other competitions? It's a great
1: feeling, you know it's a great feeling to represent a country. Um, I was blessed to to have that opportunity from the age of fourteen till till, till now. Um, and every time you go back and you sing the national anthem you know before games, it's it's a great feeling, you know, because you're representing not just yourself but the 1.5 million people who live in that country, you know. Um, thankfully. I've 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 played a, a fair amount of games. Um, I played 32 games. Um, 32 games for the national senior team. Of course, I played youth team coming up, and it's a it's a it's a surreal feeling. You know, to explain it, it's it's difficult. But I feel for every young aspiring footballer, soccer player growing up, their their dream would be to play for their country
0: eventually the soccer career comes to an end mm-hmm. what are the interests of, of Les than paul just a as hobbies and b what might less paul do when when the when the boots go in the box for the last time
1: <laughs> when the boots go in the box um uh, right now i'm thinking about moving into coaching that's my that's my that's where my head's at right now after the game i want to stick around for sure I don't want to just say, okay, I'm done with football and soccer and just walk away from it. I want to go and I want to help. I want to encourage younger guys, share the experience with them that I had um, and let them know it's, it's hard work, but it's enjoyable, you know? So I want to go into coaching after. I love fishing, though, but that's, that's hobbies, you know? <laughs> but I want to go into coaching after.
0: Leston, thank you so much for your time. It's been a delight watching you and the development of this club and look forward to even bigger and better things down the stretch. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Yep. Thank you, Leston. I appreciate it. Always, Anytime. This will
1: probably drop. I don't want to just say, okay, I'm done with football and soccer and just walk away from it. I want to go and I want to help. I want to encourage younger guys share the experience with them that I had um, and let them know it's it's hard work, but it's enjoyable, you know? So I want to go into coaching after. I love fishing, though, but that's, that's hobbies, you know? <laughs> but I want to go into coaching after.
0: Leston, than, thank you so much for your time. It's been a delight watching you and the development of this club and look forward to even bigger and better things down the stretch. Thanks so much. Thank you, thank you. So Leston Paul... And Memphis 901 FC, by the time you'll hear this, uh, we'll know the result. Uh, On Wednesday night, they're playing Red Bulls 2 in New Jersey. Next home match for 901 FC, for our Memphis listeners, if you want to get down to AutoZone Park, it'll be Saturday night. This coming Saturday night at 7.30, they will take on Hartford Athletic. So be at AutoZone Park, and it's, it's a great experience. It's a fun brand of football, wide open. Very efficient. Philip Goodrum is worth the price of admission alone for his goal scoring ability. So we'd love to see a great crowd out at AutoZone Park on Saturday night when 901FC takes on Hartford Athletic. Well, thanks to Les and Paul for joining us as our friend of the program today. Our thanks, as always, to DraftKings Sportsbook and Hoop City BC for their continued support of the Grizz Weekly Grind. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.